Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, January 21st, 2022, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. I am here representing the DFS Coach Talk team to discuss an outstanding 11-game NBA slate that plays tonight. The lock time is 7 o'clock. All three sites actually cooperated. No funny business from Yahoo. So we have DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. 11-game main slate, all locking at 7 p.m. Eastern. So fun stuff, great slate, and we're ready to get after it here. Uh, yesterday was was very interesting. Got off to a fantastic start. Held in there. It was a good cash, good build day. Um, uh, had a chance for some spectacular uh, stuff late, but uh, things went a little bit awry with Kaminga and Brissett. But uh, had some great performances from guys uh, throughout the night. So good top five, six percent lineups in a lot of spots, and some members that definitely. We're pretty happy. So the hot streak starts. We called it sort of yesterday, and we are going to keep this thing going today uh, and build on it. Tomorrow, uh, of course, is the my favorite podcast of the week. It is uh, Mr. Crash Davis and I will be handling just a three-game Saturday slate. So that's pretty weird. I don't think they wanted to battle against the NFL, I guess, in their scheduling, but just three games tomorrow. And then the other big news is now that football's quieting down, Mr. Andrew Hansen, who, you know, if you uh, followed us from the very beginning, we started uh, this whole thing with NBA podcast together. And he'll be joining me for Thursdays, every Thursday for the NBA podcast. And then hopefully as football completely finishes, uh, we'll get him back in there for some more. But, uh, uh, that will be a good start and something to look forward to and really enjoy doing uh podcast with Andrew. All right. Today's slate, 11 games. Interesting news throughout. Guys in, guys out, all the fun stuff. And uh, we're going to dive into all of it. If you want to join us, we're, just go to DFS, as in Daily Fantasy Sports, DFS Coach Talk, uh, and that is our website. Go there. Uh, you could uh, you could find all our memberships, everything that we offer there. Uh, if you want to check us out on Twitter first, we're at DFS Coach Talk. Obviously on YouTube, uh, DFS Coach Talk as well. And we have a big library of all of our podcasts on there, so you're welcome to check those out uh, also. All right, um, we'd love to have you start the weekend. Three uh, three days for ten bucks, you can't beat it. You get all the NFL action, playoffs Saturday and Sunday, uh, all the big, the four big games, all of our NBA action throughout the week or this weekend today, Saturday, Sunday, and then tonight we also post our PGA weekend only lineups. And man, our PGA lineups are kicking it. We're top one two percent all over the place on all the sites uh, with Cantley leading the way. So. Uh, definitely good time to join. All right, no more messing around here. We've got 11 games. We can't be dragging our feet. Um, all right, first game right out of the chute. How about the LA Lakers in an odd early game? They're not usually on the East Coast, 
but it is uh, the Lakers at the Magic. Lakers favored by five. It's a 220 total. Um, 112 and a half uh, for the Lakers. 107 and a half Orlando Magic. Lakers come in at 22 and 23, below 500. A little controversy with uh, benching Westbrook at the end of the game. Then you hear Vogel's job's in a little bit of trouble as well. He had to get permission from the front office to bench Westbrook in those spots. So they're in a little bit of disarray still without Anthony Davis. And uh, just, you know, other than LeBron, they wouldn't even be close to 500. Uh, Orlando Magic come in at 8 and 38. And we know they've been somewhat of a dumpster fire all year. Rebuild year for them. Designations, not going to believe this. Would you believe LeBron James is probable? I know that joke's old. I say it every day, but it's it, he's designated as probable. The guys that are out, Davis, Dumbuyu, and none. For Orlando, we have probable on Wendell Carter Jr., so he'll be back in the mix, it looks like. Guys that are out, MCW, Fultz, Hampton, Isaac, and more. All right, let's take a look at a couple things here. Statistically, Lakers 10th in pace. Uh, Orlando 14th, so a little bit better than average uh, on the pace category. Defense, not that great. Lakers middle of the pack at 15th. Orlando all the way down at 25th. So, you know, there's definitely potential here. Uh, do you just jump right out of the gate and pay up for LeBron at 11-4? Uh, it's definitely a, an option, especially with Westbrook here, as I mentioned, being a little bit on the, you know, are we going to bench him? Are we going to play him? <clears throat> we don't know. The other thing is, you know, if Westbrook does get the minutes, is this going to really piss him off enough that he's going to come out and play well? So there's a few things to consider here, um, you know, because the other guys are just so unplayable. They're just not good. Bradley and Ariza, Dwight Howard, those guys are all in the threes, three, one, three, three, and three, five. But on a slate like this, you, you just can't afford guys like that. I don't even trust the bench guys. Anthony, uh, Horton, Tucker, Reeves, I guess Monk, but, you know, he's 5'3 now. And, you know, and he's only playing mid-20s minutes for some reason. So uh, really makes it to where in a, on a slate like this, you either play LeBron or sort of pass the Lakers, as crazy as that sounds. But that's where I'm at. Um, on the Orlando side, again, you know, just so much inconsistency. You get some crushing games, you know, like Bomba with that insane first half. This last game it was incredible. 28 real points in the first half, seven threes in the first half for a guy that big. Bizarre. Anyway, uh, Cole Anthony's down a 6-7. That's not a bad price. It can be considered. Suggs is starting to take some of that usage away, though. Uh, now that he's been back a bit, he's 4'8", four, 4'8", eight, <clears throat> four, eight and starting to, you know, contribute on a more consistent basis since he's been back. Franz Wagner's running out of gas a little bit is what I think, or maybe a mid-season lull. He's 5'3", but hasn't really smashed in quite some time. Um, he's due, though, and he's got the talent, um, but not sure in this matchup. Carter Jr., if he's back with no limitations, he's a solid play. 7'3", mid-price guy, but he really can get it done. Uh, what I will not chase is the Mo Bamba big game. 
Because if you watch the second half there, he basically did almost nothing. So uh, Bomba is 5-4. He's cheap, but he is going to have to face some Howard defense. You know, they'll use him in this game. They won't just play LeBron at center uh, just because of Bomba's size, I would assume. And if they do go uh, smaller with LeBron at center, then I don't know how they keep him on the floor because who's he going to guard? They're going to play him right off the floor. So I'm uh, not crazy about this game. Maybe, maybe LeBron and, and one mid guy from Orlando at the very most, or it could be a full pass. We'll see. All right. Next game. Also seven o'clock Eastern. It's the Philadelphia 76 hosting the LA Clippers. Philly's favored by eight and a half. It's a two fourteen total. You've got, um, 102.75 for the Clippers and implied for Philly 111.25. Clippers come in at 22 and 24, Philadelphia at 26 and 18. Uh, two important designations that we don't have an answer on, but will before lock, and that's Marcus Morris and uh, Nicholas Batum are both questionable. Also, the fact that they're both very important pieces. Uh, of this Clippers offense and rotation. So getting news on Morris and Batum is critical. Guys that are out, George, Leonard, and Preston. For Philly, we've got a, a questionable tag on Seth Curry, another important piece uh, of the puzzle there in Philly. Then guys that are out, Green, Milton, Simmons, and Thibel. Statistically, this game, a little interesting here, 16th and 26th in pace, so not great there. And defense, pretty solid. Clippers are 6th. Philly is in the top half now at 14th. So not real thrilled with the combination of pace uh, and defense and then question marks on some guys that are going to be in or out. And that news is huge because if Morris and Batum are in you can without restrictions you can consider them at six five and five three uh but if they're out it just changes everything now Amir coffee at five one five five is more in play Reggie Jackson at six one um even Terrence Mann at four five would be probably the next man up uh along with Eric Bledsoe at four seven so that news is important there could be a nice value play or two even out of this game uh, depending on that news, but no initial targets for me uh, right off the bat. For Philly, uh, you know, there's your other payup early option, Joel Embiid, uh, crazy 50 points in 27 minutes. I mean, how does is that possible? I mean, is he playing with the JV team or what? But Embiid has been phenomenal. He's 11K, so. Certainly, you know, a similar uh, buy-up. He's even uh, 400 less than uh, LeBron. So certainly a, an option here. The question is, Philly is favored by eight and a half. If the Clippers are missing those extra guys, they're really uh, shorthanded as it is. And the majority of, of the key players for Philly are playing, especially if Curry does suit it up. So uh, is there a possibility of a blowout here? You know, it's always a possible. Harris is is sub 7K, something I didn't think I'd see for a while. Uh, 6'9 is Harris, which makes him a, a really good value. Uh, you know, he has games where he just blows up. 
Um, after that, just, you know, let's get the news on Curry and then we'll determine uh, from there. All right, the third and final 7 o'clock game. Uh, there are, is it actually a team here that is on the first half of a back-to-back? Not that it matters that much because the Thunder play deep and they're young, but it is the first night of a back-to-back for Oklahoma City, Island game for Charlotte. Charlotte's favored by a big 9.5. It's a 222.5 total. 106.5 implied for Oklahoma City. A nice big 116 number for the Charlotte Hornets. The Thunder come in at 14 and 30, Charlotte at 25 and 20. Uh, Favors is questionable for Oklahoma City. Uh, Krejcik is out or doubtful, I should say. Uh, PJ Washington's the only questionable guy for Charlotte, uh, which does affect that bench rotation. Um, When he's out, usually Miles Bridges gets some run at the five, which definitely uh, helps him. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind that we definitely want to watch. Um, statistically speaking here, the Thunder, 17th in pace, Charlotte's second, so they're not the fastest team anymore. They're second, but still definite pace up for the Thunder. Defensively, Oklahoma City also 17th, Charlotte 24th. So poor defense leads to that 222 and a half total. However, nine and a half, you know, when you start talking close to double digits, does Charlotte put this one out of reach enough where the key guys don't get big minutes? Uh, I'm not completely buying that yet. I think the Thunder can hang in there a little bit. And, you know, on the on the Thunder side, the first guy you always have to take a look at is SGA. But he's 8'5". He gets Terry Rozier defense. Not going to be uh, the focal point for where I'm going. Uh, Lou Dort at 5'4 is decent. Uh, you know, he can throw in a game here and there, but limited ceiling, really. Uh, Josh Giddy's up to 6'9". That's just a little expensive. I know he's capable of a triple-double on, on any given card, but uh, just a little concerned. Uh, about uh, that price and if if they're going to stay tight enough. Now, he does get extra minutes in a blowout. So if you do think this is going to be a 15, 18, 20-point game in, going into the fourth quarter, you can ex- expect Giddy to get a little extra run, and that will help. So he is in, in contention for my lineup just right on the, the fringes at this point. Uh, after that, really just lots of depth, lots of guys playing and just not going to make my my team on an 11 uh, game slate. Uh, LaMelo Ball, 8-6, but he's really been uh, playing really well lately. So he can be considered here, although he will more than likely get Lou Dort defense. Now, we've said this before, you can still play these guys even when they have good defenders. But if it slows them down a little bit, uh, you may want to pay up elsewhere. Terry Rozier has, has played uh, better. He's 7'6". He's been a little more consistent, and he has a good ceiling. When he's hot, uh, he really can make a difference. So he's a possibility at 7'6", just as Gordon Hayward is at 6'2". Uh, his, he's had some really uh, 9x, 8x, 9x games here uh, this last month, but he also, uh, you know, is very steady at that four five X, which might not quite get it done for you today, but certainly a possibility. 
Miles Bridges might be the play. He is 8-3, but he's the guy I, I like the, the buy up here. I just think he matches up so well uh, against the Thunder, and they're going to have a difficulty guarding him. So one of my pay-up opportunities here for sure. Kelly Oubre and his new haircut, if you haven't seen it, looks pretty cool. Uh, he's 5-4, so he's pretty cheap. Back in, you know, back uh, into getting decent minutes off the bench. Um, I think he's even helped if P.J. Washington is out because just the bench minutes alone, they can always shuffle around, put Ubre in and move Bridges to center, uh, you know, and Ubre can jump out of the building. So he can play really a 3-4 position, no problem. So at 5-4, he may be a sneaky play at a pretty cheap price. And we know he has a great ceiling. It's just the problem is his floor is a little bit too low, but uh, maybe worth rolling out the dice there. All right. We go to the first 7:30 game. It is the uh, Miami heat and uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta's favored by one and a half. So that is a pretty interesting scenario as bad as they've played. Uh, I would expect uh, Miami to be a two or three point favorite. So what do I know? Vegas knows better than me. Uh, Atlanta minus one and a half, 219 and a half total, 109 for the Heat, 110 and a half for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Miami comes in 29 and 16. Atlanta's 19 and 25. Guys that are out for Miami, Hero, Lowry, Morris, Akpala, and Oladipo. So it really becomes the, the Butler Autobio show. For Atlanta, we have Capella questionable, and he's been getting closer and closer to playing. So I'm as of right now in my early projections, I'm, I have him in, but he is listed as questionable. Also, Jeng and Gallinari are questionable, and Bogdanovich, we already know, is out. So... When we take a look at uh, the Heat here, they are 28th in pace, so definitely slowing it down. Atlanta not playing as fast as they once did. They're 19th, so uh, not a great pace number here for either squad. Miami's 7th in the league in defense, so certainly uh, makes it a little bit tougher for Atlanta. And when they have Adebayo and Bam in there, that definitely are the, you know, is the two key elements to their defense and being a top 10 defense. Atlanta, however, second to last, 29th in the league defensively and really struggling on that side of the ball. Well, according to Vegas, this game stays super close, and that makes those two guys that I mentioned, Butler at 9-4 and Bam at 7-5, both square and play for me. Uh, I don't know if I'll go with both, but it's possible. I just think they're outstanding plays. The usage without Hero, without Lowry, I mean, it's just uh, off the charts here for, for Butler and Autobio. So got to love them. Uh, if I just go with one of the payups there of those two, I think you can also look at Gabe Vincent at 4-8. Or if you really want to roll the dice, uh, Duncan Robinson at 3-7 can get hot. Uh, and Caleb Martin off the bench at 4-4. So that's the group. I think Miami's in a good spot. I do like the Heat today. For Atlanta, Trey Young at 10-3. Uh, big price to pay, but certainly playing well. Um, not sure, though, with all the, the players back, if he is the best pay-up option. Certainly a gigantic uh, 
ceiling and he could lead the the, the night in scoring. It, it's very easy to, to believe that he could do that, but it is that Miami Heat schemed defense by Spolstra, and they usually find a way to hold those big scores down a bit. Kevin Herter at 5-1, DeAndre Hunter at 4-8, uh, get a lot of action, get a lot of ownership because of the minutes, and they're getting some of the usage, and they're pretty cheap. John Collins is at 7-2. Super risky, though. As good as he can be, he can be just as bad. So uh, the fact that Capella has a good chance of coming back, again, he's questionable. That certainly takes some of that center play away from him uh, when Collins gets to play somewhat backup center uh, and a little bit of his rebounding, for sure. Capella at 7-9, too expensive coming back. And then, you know, if Gallo sits, their bench really lessens. No, if Ga Gallo and Jeng sit, you'll get pretty much Capella in a Kongu sharing center, for what, what I believe. And then, uh, but if Capella does sit and we and Jeng sits, Okongu becomes a really good center play. And then it also elevates Collins back into play. So we need to follow that uh, news closely because I think that's a key could be a really key play uh, on the slate that's going to go overlooked. All right, coffee sip, and we go to the next 7.30 game. It is the Portland Trailblazers at the Boston Celtics. Boston is favored by 7.5. It's a 2.12 total. 102.25 for Portland, 109.75 uh, for the Boston Celtics. Portland comes in. At 18 and 26, Boston at 23 and 23. Nazir Little is questionable for Portland. Uh, we know that Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. is probable. And then the guys that are out, Lillard, Nance, Powell, and Zeller. So you get that Simons McCullum backcourt uh, uh, back together again and been playing well the last couple of games. For Boston, we have that questionable tag on Marcus Smart believe he missed the last one, so we'll see. True questionable uh, tag for him. Also, Naismith is questionable, and Bol Bol is out. He'll be out for a while. He had surgery. All right, what do we think here? We know the Portland uh, pace is not great, considering you would think it would be. With That's pretty much their only uh, option is to push the ball with some of those guards, but they're 18th, Boston 23rd, so not great pace. Portland's defense is terrible. 28, they've been getting scorched uh, all year. And uh, Boston's defense is fifth. So, you know, with that, if Smart does play the Smart Brown Tatum defensive trio backed up by Horford and Williams, they are a really good defensive team. They can be tough. So it does hurt. the, And you got prices that aren't as good as they were with Anthony Simons up to 7-4. C.J. McCollum at 7'7". Seven, seven. Uh, Nazir Little, if he plays without restrictions, 5'2 is a possibility. Uh, Covington at 5'9 uh, has really played much better the last few weeks. And Nurkic is all the way up to 8'4". So that's a tough commitment. So I'm not real keen on the Portland side here. Boston, I think, you know, if, if you can select the right guy, uh, really could do well. Um, probably not going to go smart because even if he's back, I can't imagine he's going to play massive minutes. I'd like choosing between Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum for the payup, one of the payup positions on this slate. 
I think they can attack Portland. You know, Portland's uh, Boston's only a seven and a half point favorite, so that's not bad. They should get good run. Both can be very explosive. Um, you save the thousand dollars if you go with Brown at eight seven, Tatum at nine seven, a little bit tougher. But I really do think having one of those two uh, could be a very key, uh, important spot uh, for your pay up spots on this slate. So I will be deciding that. You know, defensive matchups are going to vary there. You know, they're going to have to match up Covington and Nurkic on Horford and Williams. So Nazir Little uh, may get Tatum, um, which means CJ probably or Simons on Brown. So it does make Brown, to me, just a little bit more uh, of a target. But we know Tatum gets those, you know, ancillary statistics so much more. He's a better rebounder. Um, you know, even get you some more stocks too. So tough call there. Like them both, interested in both. Uh, if Smart doesn't come back, Schroeder jumps back into play because his minutes will go way up. And then a lot of bench guys there like Freedom and Richardson just can't play them on a slate like this. All right, we go to a, an 8 p.m. game. There's two of those. The first one is uh, the Chicago Bulls and Milwaukee Bucks. Good game. Bucks favored by nine and a half. Big number. Chicago's had some troubles uh, recently. Um, it is a 228 total. So big number, 109.25 for the Bulls, <clears throat> 118.75 for the Milwaukee Bucks. Chicago comes in 28 and 15. Milwaukee 28 and 19. So important game here. Guys that are already out. Ball, Green, Jones, Levine, and Williams. So shorthanded, that's why you've got that big nine and a half point Vegas number. For the Bucks, it's just Brooke Lopez. He's out. Everybody else uh, is in. So it makes Milwaukee tough. Uh, as far as uh, the look at the numbers, 15th in pace for Chicago, Milwaukee 8th, so above average there. Chicago has slipped to 19th in defense. They have really uh, lightened up on the defensive side for some reason, maybe part of it with ball being out recently, a uh, combination of things. But the Bucks have stayed in the top 10. They are 9th. So the question is, does this stay close throughout? If it does, you would think it's going to be DeRozan being a big difference maker, but he is going to get Middleton defense, and that's going to make it tough. Uh, the interior defense for Milwaukee with Giannis and Portis is solid, so I'm not looking at Vuk here at all. I just don't think this is a good matchup for him. Kobe White, 6'4", is probably going to get Drew Holiday defense back again, so I am not liking this game for the Bulls. It doesn't sit well with the matchup, Milwaukee, a home game. Uh, this could be uh, pretty handled pretty decently by the Bucs, in my opinion. Uh, not, I do not want to roll out to Soon Moo. I know he played great the last time. Uh, Brown Jr., Caruso. I mean, those guys are all going to get minutes. I just don't see the upside uh, against a top 10 defense like this with the Bucs. So if I'm not having any exposure on the Bulls side, you don't want to stack up anything on the Bucks side, in my opinion, because I think they handle them. Uh, I don't want to spend the 11-7 for Giannis, although we know that he 
very often goes six X to that 11, seven salary, but I just don't think the risk, you know, for me of it, him not playing big minutes. And again, yes, I know he can get his number in 27, 28 minutes, but I'd rather buy up for guys that I see playing 35 to 38 minutes. Middleton's up to eight, six now. So that middle seven, two, seven, five numbers that made it easy to slide him in there. Not so easy anymore and makes it a little bit tougher. And I think he'll be in a really good battle with DeRozan the whole game. Um, Holiday, you know, it's 7-8, a little too risky right now for me. Uh, he hasn't been back uh, that long, so we'll see if, if he's going to really mix in. Maybe Portis is the best play here because he's 6-7. You get the salary break. Uh, he should get a decent run. Uh, even if the game starts, you know, getting a little out of hand. So uh, he's probably my favorite guy there. But for a 228 total for a key game on the night that's going to have a lot of exposure, it, it could be one of the ways that we're going to be contrarian on this slate and not, you know, pile drive this Bulls-Bucks game at all. And, you know, if if it goes double overtime, then, hey, you know what? We move on to the next day. But I think the Bucks handle this game pretty well and i think that's going to affect some of the final dfs totals all right the other eight o'clock game is the toronto raptors at the washington wizards washington's favored by one and a half it's a 217 and a half total 108 implied for toronto and 109 and a half for the washington wizards toronto comes in at 521 and 21 washington one game over 500 at 23 and 22. Interesting. Did you see the last game? Washington, uh, they uh, won the game. No, is their coach deflected the ball during the game and they didn't catch it. So rough one. It was bizarre. He got fined though. And haven't seen that one in a while where a coach deflects a pass that was to go to the corner and the refs missed it. So that was bizarre. Anyway, uh, as far as injuries here, Gary Trent questionable, Birch and Dragic out. So, you know, that Trent questionable all the way down to game time decision every day. He was ruled out last time. We'll see if he gets back. No designations for Washington. How about that? In the COVID world we live, they are clean today. No issues at all. Statistically, Toronto 24th in pace, Washington 20th. So that's not a plus in any stretch. Defensively, though, two below average teams, 16th and 21st, respectively. So there will be some points scored. There will be some extra possessions that is magic to our ears as DFS players. Van Vliet at 8-5 could be a very solid pay up. Uh, Ananobi has not looked like himself since his return. He's only 6-6, but I'm going to back off of that till I see him really step up his game same can be said for scotty barnes he's six three but doesn't seem to be completely back into the groove yet siakam's been ball dominant man nine two and he's a guy just solo you know going one-on-one -on -one, backing down guys taking a ton of shots it does make it tempting at nine two because when you have siakam and he's doing all that you know pushing his own guy out of the way or waving him through so he can, you know, go one-on-one. -on -one. You love it. But when you don't have him, it is frustrating to watch. But 
you know, like I say, Washington's defense isn't great. Uh, so Siakam at 9-2, he's in that group where if you're going to pay up for somebody in that nine range, he certainly deserves to be one of the guys that's considered. Uh, if Achua starts at 4-6, he's not a bad play. Uh, they're, they're not going deep. They're playing. They lead the league in minutes played uh, for their starters. So that is pretty um, impressive. Fred Van Bleet leads the league in minutes played as well. So you're going to get Nick Nurse's, you know, he's turned into Tom, Tom Thibodeau, uh, can't Canadian version of Tom Thibodeau. But uh, you are going to get big minutes from them. So, you know, Van Vliet, Ananobi, Barnes, Yakum, Achua, and then they brought basically Boucher and Champagne. However, you nobody seems to know how to pronounce it. I've heard it from like three different uh, announcers. They all say it differently, but I'm just going to call him Champagne because why not? It's it's much easier. Uh, he's only 3-1. He's been getting good run, but I don't know, man. He's not quite there yet, in my opinion, so I'm not going to roll the dice out on him. But the other six guys are, and they're all getting 35, 40 minutes. So uh, some options there I like, and I'd like to run it back with somebody on the Washington side too. Uh, Dinwiddie at 6-3 isn't as explosive as, as I thought he could be recently. I'd rather pay up for the one of the two guys in Beal at 8-7 or Kuzma at 8. I think those prices are fair for the ceiling that those guys have had lately. I really think those two guys have stepped up. An uh, emergency last guy in, KCP at 4-2. You know, there's games where he gets 30-some uh, fantasy points, but the problem is he'll get you, you know, 18 DFS points, and that's not going to cut it for you. So um, maybe, but probably not. Uh, I don't like the rest of the fiasco of, of any of their bigs. Uh, Gafford, Harrell, Kispert, Hashimura, Bryant, Avdia, Bertans. No, thank you. That They do not know who to play. They don't know how to disperse the minutes. Uh, you know, it, with Hashimura and Bryant back, it's really messed up the rotation. So I don't want any part of all of those timeshares on any given night. You don't know who it's going to be. So uh, definitely like this game for a lower 217.5 total as far as having a one-off possibly on each side. All right, we go to the 8.30 game, Brooklyn Nets, San Antonio Spurs, and we have the biggest total on the board, 232.5. Brooklyn's favored by 1.5 at San Antonio. We have the odd thing of both teams being over that 115 implied total, which is usually magic to our ears again. Brooklyn 117, uh, Spurs 115. Uh, and a half. Brooklyn comes in 28 and 16, Spurs 17 and 28. We don't know the uh, it's questionable tags on Bembry and Claxton, guys that are out Durant, Harris, and Millsap. Nobody's out for the Spurs. So, how about that? Full another team at full strength, which we really don't hardly ever see anymore. Brooklyn is seventh in pace and San Antonio fourth. So there's our best speed matchup pace-wise of the day. That's why they're the top total, and deservedly so. Defensively, Brooklyn's 11th, uh, which is re reasonable. San Antonio, 18th. So 
not great, but uh, not as bad as they had been. So uh, not the worst defense, but great pace here and some potential for some really good uh, scoring. Um, James Harden, 11-8, one of those pay-up options. But he does get DeJounte Murray. Um, that puts a little bit of concern there uh, with that 11-8 tag. Murray is possibly first-team all-defense, um, and I think he'll he'll bug Harden a little bit. But Harden is, is unguardable to some extent. They'll run him off picks and do whatever. But he does have Kyrie Irving with him because the game's in Texas rather than in New York. And uh, Irving's all the way up to 9-5, which doesn't sit well with me. But, uh, you know, definitely takes some shots and usage away from Harden. So, you know, that makes those two uh, pretty tough. But can be considered. Uh, Patty Mills, if he gets the third starting spot, 4-9 isn't a bad play. He's had his time cut into by Cam Thomas at 4K. Kessler Edwards has been the, the popular guy uh, to play with Brooklyn. He's laid some eggs along the way. Uh, 4-2, though, is a decent price for a guy that can get some good minutes. Uh, the center spot, it's going to be very interesting. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge had a fantastic game the last time. But if Claxton does play, he could chip into those minutes. And Dayron Sharp also uh, clips into those minutes. I don't really want to get in that mix. So, you know, to me, either bite the bullet, pay up for one of the big guys, or you can consider Mills or Edwards to have some exposure in this game. The Spurs side, uh, Murray's 10-1. So pretty big number, but he has been fantastic. It's just so hard to pay that big number. But this might be the perfect spot. I mean, their Brooklyn plays pretty fast. Uh, you know, they're certainly not as good defensively, defensively without KD. And, you know, this could be one of those triple-double big games for Murray. So he's on that short list of three or four guys that I'm considering buying up to at 10-1. Derek White at 6K, not a bad play, but a lot of variance up and down with him. Uh, he could be in the winning optimal lineup or he could sink the ship for you. So maybe more GPP concentrated. Uh, Pirtle at 6-8, not a bad play. He definitely grabs the rebounds. Gets the big minutes uh, in consideration for a nice mid-range priced uh, center on this slate. After that, not interested in the splits of Johnson, McDermott, Vassell, Walker, Bates, Jop, Landell, Jones, on and on. No thanks. So uh, not stacking this game, even though it's the biggest on the slate. But I would definitely like exposure here. And I may use one of my big chips to buy up for DeJounte. All right, we have two game, three games left, a nine, two nine o'clock and one ten o'clock. So real quickly, this takes one second. Do me a favor, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a quick comment. Watch the show, hello coach, uh, question this guy against this guy, whatever it is, quick, that combination of hitting the subscribe or if you're not already subscribed, hitting the thumbs up and then putting a call really helps us move up the algorithm uh, on YouTube. So we'd really, really appreciate that. While you're at it, if you haven't already, that little bell in the upper corner, click on that. So it gives you uh, an alert every time one of our podcasts post. We do seven day a week NBA podcasts in front of the paywall 
once a week PGA podcast, and then we'll have our uh, weekly NFL podcast now uh, for the playoffs that has uh, we'll be posting, I believe, today. So uh, check those out. If you're listening audio-wise, wherever podcasts can be heard, we're everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, uh, on and on. Take a second, give us a five-star rating and a quick comment. That will qualify you for a drawing at the end of the month, which, believe it or not, we're already in the 21st, so only like a week and a half left in the month. Uh, you could be chosen uh, out of that group. There'll be one winner each month for a full one-week all-access membership to Coach Talk. Outstanding. All right, we're diving right back in. Detroit Pistons, Utah Jazz. Utah favored by a big 13 and a half. Pistons have been getting their lunch handed to them lately. But as we saw last night, you can never count on anything in the NBA. The fact that the Indiana Pacers with a G League team, some guy from the crowd, the ball boy, the guy that mops the floor underneath the hoop, they those guys beat the Golden State Warriors on their home court and uh, in overtime. So, Hey, if you're predict predicting a blowout, I get it. I do it myself. I know people squawk at it, but sometimes you have to game script it out and do that. And last night was one of those where it bit me right in the tail because how you how that team, uh, the Pacers put on the floor, beat the Warriors basically at full strength other than Draymond, which is a big butt, but uh, not Draymond's, but the you know what I'm saying. Anyway, the... Uh, I, you know, I just couldn't believe it. So this is one of those scenarios where it looks like the Jazz should mop the floor with Detroit, and it's a big uh, total, but you can't take it for granted. So 13 and a half, a decent 220 total, 103.25 for Detroit, and 116.75 for the Utah Jazz. Coming into the game, we've got Detroit at 11 and 33. Utah is 29 and 16. Killian Hayes, the guy that zeroed us uh, the other day, uh, uh, is questionable. Uh, he's questionably not be questionable to be on my bench, I can tell you that. Uh, and then the guys that are out, Garza, Grant, Jackson, and Livers. For Utah, two guys out. Big one, though, Donovan Mitchell and Hassan Whiteside, which definitely hurts them as a backup center role. So those two guys are out. Uh, we've got uh, an 11th paced Detroit team, Utah 13th. So, you know, that's solid. You got decent numbers, upper half of the league. Defensively, Detroit 23rd, Utah 10th. So uh, defense, okay, but nothing to write home about. And there's some good pricing here. Kate Cunningham, 7-4, Diallo, 6-8 and Sadiq Bay 7000. So those guys have come down price wise from that crazy stretch they had where they were all super expensive. Isaiah Stewart also a cheaper 46, but he's he's got Mr. Gobert there uh, lurking in the paint. Corey Joseph at 52 if he gets the start if Killian Hayes is out is is a guy that you can also count in the mix. After that, not too great, but the prices are decent. You can get a a one-off there uh, that, that can make uh, his number. Conley at 6'2", I think, in play. <clears throat> Clarkson at 5'8", in play, because this all happens, you know, because Mitchell's out. 
these guys are just elevated immensely because all of that usage and ball handling and assist percentage, all of that has to be dispersed amongst the guys that are playing. And most of that goes to Conley, Clarkson, a little bit to Ingles at 4-2, a little bit to Bogdanovich, who's 6-2 now, which is a little higher than I'd like. Royce O'Neal doesn't affect that much, but he's going to get decent minutes, as always, to play defense. Um, he's 4-6. Gobert up to 8-9, uh, which isn't a bad play against a team you know, with a smaller interior. Stewart is definitely an undersized center. So Gobert could be one of his big rebound games. He hasn't had a, a smash spot here in a while. But again, you've got Vegas sitting at this 13.5 number if it does uh, balloon up from there, you know, you're not going to get the big minutes uh, from some of these guys. Rudy Gay, I guess you can consider 4-3. He gets backup minutes for Gobert uh, with Whiteside being out and plays a little bit of forward as well. So those guys have the potential. No, nobody diving off the sheet for me in this game, uh, but wouldn't mind having a little bit of exposure. All right, two games left, a 9 and a 10. This is it for this slate. Memphis Grizzlies, Denver Nuggets, fun game to watch, I think. Denver favored by three and a half, 222 total, 109.25 for the Grizz, 112.75 uh, for the Denver Nuggets. Memphis comes in at 31 and 16, the Nuggets 23 and 20. Uh, the big question here is can Joker put another almost 90 burger on the board? Uh, that was pretty amazing. Memphis guys that are out, Anderson, Bain, Brooks, Jones, and Tilly. So they're still hammered uh, with their rotation. They have not been healthy for a long time. And the fact that they're 31 and 16 is outrageous. Great coaching, great play by Ja Morant as what's done it. Uh, Denver, it, it looks like Forbes, the newly acquired Bryn Forbes, to help with some three-point shooting. Uh, he is questionable, so he'll chirp into some of those minutes for the guards if he plays. Kanchar, Green, and Murray remain out. Uh, we have Memphis, the fifth fastest paced team in the league. So big pace up for Denver. Denver 25th, so big pace down for Memphis. Defensively, Memphis is eighth in the league. Denver 20th. So all told, pretty balanced out. Uh, John Moran at 9-3. I've mentioned four guys now in that 9-1 to 9-3 range. Jaw's probably the favorite of mine in that group at this point and definitely uh, considering dialing him up. Uh, John Conchar, uh, you know, I he, he can play when he gets minutes. We know he can produce, and he's 4-3. So in play for me as well. I, you know, I went Melton over Conchar last time and I paid that price. Don't want to make that mistake again. Zaire Williams is only 3-2. He's got some game. And if he gets enough minutes, you know, he could be the, the real good value play here, the buy down guy, uh, if you want to roll him out there. Because without Bain and Brooks, there are a boatload of shots to go around. And I think Zaire can get some of those. Um, Jaron Jackson at 6'3", uh, and, and Adams at 4'7". You know, I mean, they're going to be on the floor because they have to go against Gordon and Jokic, but uh, Jokic. But I, I just, 
I don't trust them. They're especially Jackson with the foul trouble. I think uh, Gordon's such a solid defender. Um, I just not comfortable there. So it's probably Jaw, maybe Zaire as a a bonus uh, baby there as a value play. On the Denver side, you know, we've mentioned two other huge payup guys. This would be the third in in Nicole Nicola uh, Jokic, twelve six. That's a hard. Uh, it's hard to stomach, but I, if I'm not mistaken, that's exactly what he was priced the last slate when he almost hit 94. So I'm not going to let that price bother me. I mentioned it, uh, even on our golf show the other day, sometimes you just can't price a guy high enough. He's playing so well. So, you know, really, uh, if he's going to get 90, which, you know, you would assume there's some regression there, but not for sure. Um, you know, 12, six makes sense. So he's one of those three guys I'm debating on for the buy-up spot. I don't see how you don't consider him. Uh, if you want somebody less than half price, Aaron Gordon is 6-1 and is coming off a fantastic game. Uh, I think he's a decent play. Uh, and then, you know, the backcourt with Monty Morris, Will Bort, Barton, Bones Highland. You know, as far as trusting the minutes with those guys, they're all cheap. Uh, that's the tough part that you have to get past. So, yeah, I mean, there is the potential. I could pull the trigger here with John Morant and Joker and make, you know, make this the key game uh, on the slate for me. And, you know, everything seems to fit into place here. Uh, it's an island game for both of them. Uh, those two stars are going to be depended on even more with the guys that are out. The pace is decent. The defense isn't overwhelming and uh close spread so all checked all the boxes and uh wouldn't mind having both sides of that but definitely will have at least one of those all right the last game golden state warriors can you believe that back to back for them um and they're coming off that horrific loss has to be their worst loss of the year by a mile uh to the pacers last night so we don't have news on this stuff yet it's still morning so we have to see how this is all going to unfold. But uh, I can tell you this, um, you know, they're going to come out there and the guys that are, are going to be ready to play are going to be motivate, motivated and ready to go. Now, Clay Thompson will sit. We know that because of, uh, you know, the back-to-back and him just coming back. But who else will sit is the big question uh, against the Rockets. They probably figured – you know, that they could rest guys, not play them that much in a blowout, and then even sit a guy or two today and still beat the Rockets. But after losing to the Pacers with no players, uh, if they lost at home now back-to-back to the Rockets, those are two games you would say they're 99.9% sure of winning. So, hey, we'll see. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Golden State's favored by 10 it's a 228 and a half total, so second highest on the board. 109.25 for Houston. Nice, healthy 119.25 uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Houston's 14 and 32. Golden State's 32 and 13. John Wall is out for Houston. For Golden State, it's Green, Thompson, and Weissman are out. So. Pace, Houston, fastest team in the league, and the Warriors are going to love that. Golden State is 12th. Then you have the opposite ends of the spectrum here. The Rockets, dead last, 
30th on defense in the league. Another reason to love Warriors here. Uh, Golden State is still first defensively, but they're about ready to give that spot up. Uh, they have not defended well without Draymond since he went out. So it all depends on the news here. You know, swap time. If we don't have the news, uh, listen throughout. You can just jump in with us. We're on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. We'll be tweeting info out there. Uh, jump in our Discord with us throughout the day. We'll be following the news very closely. And uh, you can, you know, jump in with us. Go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for any of our packages, including a three-day for $10 package. Um, Kevin Porter, 6'4", Jalen Green, 4'5", Eric Gordon, 4'9", Jay Sean Tate, 5'6", all super cheap, all with the potential to play a lot of minutes in a game that's going to be pretty high scoring. So you can go value spot, especially if you're going to load up on any of the Warriors. Christian Woods, your big pay-up guy at 8'1". I'm not as crazy about him. I do respect that interior defense that Looney and company play with the Warriors. But again, it's not as good as when uh, Draymond was in there at all. So I'm not counting Wood out, but uh, probably not going to use the spend-up spot for him. But I would like some exposure to the, some of the cheaper, maybe Kevin Porter Juniors of the world uh, or Eric Gordon's. On the Warriors side, who's in, who's out is going to be the question. Do you pay up for Steph Curry at 11-1? Is he going to get full run after playing a lot of minutes last night? I Until I read something that says he's playing as many minutes as needed, uh, I'm, I'm not going to take that risk. Um, but, you know, it, you can do it if you'd like. You can come up with some swap options for late if you have to, if you include guys like Wood and Curry. Uh, you can do some flipping. The guys I think are more interesting. Jordan Poole, man, he looks so bad. I know he throws big games on the board, but I saw at least, seriously, three air balls in the game last night. How do you shoot three air balls at this point in an NBA career? But I'm just, you know, he's in a great smash spot. This is like his best spot of the year. He's probably going to start again because, uh, you know, with the sp- uh, clay being out but i just don't know if i can pull the trigger as bad as he's playing i would almost rather go gary payton there at the four two uh over pool uh andrew wiggins at six eight i expect him to step back up you know he's sort of been muted a bit with clay coming back so you know wiggins and payton i think are two really good uh targets kaminga great start to the game yesterday and then nothing after that, uh, 4-9. So we need to look into the news, make sure he's not having an, an injury or what the deal is there because he's another guy at that lower price that could do really well. That is it, my friends. That is all 11 games. I love this slate tonight. You know, it's, I think, a four-and-a-half to five-crown slate. We do a one-to-five-crown ranking. But we need a, a little bit of this news to drop to to really feel comfortable that it's it is the smash spot that it's looking like right now. So awesome stuff. I'm excited for this slate. I think it's going to be a fun Friday night. So join us, check us out. We've got regular uh, lock time at seven. We post uh, 
coach's clipboard for DraftKings, which is five highlighted players and then a group of other players to fill out your roster with, and then a full cash and GPP lineup, uh, both of them for FanDuel and Yahoo. So good stuff. Have a great Friday. Uh, look forward to catching you in our Discord. And then I'll be back with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Green Bay Packers fan, Josh Crash Davis, tomorrow morning for just a baby three-game Saturday slate. But we will be here, and we will be ready to crush it in NBA DFS.